Hello, adventurers. My name is Maximus, and I am joined by Moobs Like Jagger from the GGN crew. Hello, Moobs. And we are here for the third installment of Castles and Cantrips, Tome of Knowledge. I made sure to say it correctly that time. It's not tomb, it's tome. You let off with it, so it worked. What's that? You let off with it, so it worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, If you were unaware, uh, I hit a wrong button, but that's okay. (laughs) If you're unaware. (laughs) um, (laughs) If you're unaware, we're also on YouTube. And I would like to ask you that if you are... Um, if you're not watching on YouTube or you're not subbed over there, please do, because I just realized we're close to a, a milestone, uh, for our Ooh. channel. Uh, you cannot get monetized on YouTube until you have a thousand, uh, subscribers and we're at 906. So we're very relatively close. So if you haven't, please do subscribe over there. We have a lot of content over there. Um, that is not here all the time. <laughs> great good job Max. <laughs> keep it up buddy yeah catchersandcantrips.com for all your casters and cantrips needs yes where you can go visit our patreon uh and you can get early access to things and help me create an npc at one of the tiers you can also find some merch uh as well as some other fun things you can also join our discord where there's a very heated discussion uh relating to what we're about to talk about tonight <laughs> they, without they any further are... ado Lots of feelings, yes. There's a lot of feelings, and I think y'all are going to be angry at me, but that's okay. Uh, but if you are unaware and you didn't read the title, uh, the title of this is we're going to be talking about the new one D&D uh, Unearthed Arcana that dropped a couple days ago uh, regarding the Druid and Paladin changes to the new one D&D universe, or their new game coming out. And... So we've got a couple of big blocks. We've got the Druid block, we got the Paladin block, and then I think we have the rest of the other stuff block. Now, I would like to propose that we talk about the other stuff block first. And okay. here's why. Because I yeah, think if we why. start on Druid and Paladin, that's all we'll get through. It's probably <laughs> that one single class, whatever we start on. And I think that there's some really cool stuff that, that people are not seeing uh, in the other pages because they're blinded by anger <laughs> and vitriol. Uh, yeah, because I feel like this this cast, we can just talk about the Druid for the entire yeah. segment and just and then just talk about Paladin next week. <laughs> there's, <laughs> Maybe. There's, so, there's so much to talk about. So I want to get into some stuff. If you're okay, I have a, I have a bunch I'm of fine. notes. I have we tons can, of notes we can on do this. the other stuff first. Yeah. And then, and then, we'll and, then and then we can see foam at the mouth later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of changes um that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Here you go. You should just ask me. <laughs> Thank you, bud. <laughs> um there's a couple of changes that that I didn't see uh or that I guess I did see, but I I wanted to talk about and the, one of the first things and I didn't really notice this in some of the other changes and this might have been in the other UAs um mm-hmm. but now that every class is a prepared caster, you can obviously prepare spells during your long rests and such. But did you yeah. know you can also prepare different cantrips? Because they are zero level spells now. They're not cantrips. So the way that it reads to me is that now you can change cantrips between your long rests which I really like 100%. I love it. Uh, I'm on board because 
people usually just pick the same like top three cantrips. Yes. And and kind of forego basically all of them except for like the main ones. And yeah, I think I think it's super cool because if you're planning a different type of session, right? Like mm-hmm. they can change their cantrips to help benefit. Like if they're doing a stealth mission they, or an infiltration mission, they can totally change their cantrips to benefit whatever the situation is. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Those are my thoughts on that because most of the time there are a lot of cantrips that just don't ever see the light of day and they're never going to get picked because you, once you pick a cantrip, that's it. But now that you can, you can change them out on the long rest. I really like that because you can sort of, you can try things out. You can, you can, figure out what you like and what you don't like and you can do things situationally now there aren't like a ton of cantrips in this ua but once they kind of expand on that it'll be really cool uh another thing that i saw uh and i'm going to talk about spells um when it comes to spells there's some changes that's going to allude to some of the things we're going to talk about later but if you haven't seen the find familiar spell I very much like the direction that they're going with with some of these changes. And this kind of alludes to them or some of the other stuff uh, involving the classes. But my like my like control F is just failing me today. I had well, notes, I had all these things, want, but that's okay. I got the page is, number. This spell description mm-hmm. is really really long it's like really in depth there's like a lot more mm-hmm. to it than it was in the current edition right now because laura will start off uh so it's a casting time takes an hour normal they're at 10 feet range same stuff but you gain the service of an otherworldly spirit which manifests mm-hmm. as a little animal in an unoccupied space of your choice within range this creature uses the otherworldly familiar stat block yes if you already have a familiar uh, from this spell, that familiar transform into a new one, but retains its memories, which is kind of cool for flavor. You don't mm-hmm. get a second familiar. Mm-hmm. Whenever you cast a spell, choose the familiar's type, uh, Celestial, Fae, or Fiend, which mm-hmm. is uh, same. Uh, yeah, also yeah. choose an environment, air, land, water. That familiar resembles a tiny animal of your choice, such as an owl, cat, frog, uh, you know, whatever it is. Uh, both creatures... Uh, both choices, creature type and environment, determine certain traits in the stat block, which means that we're like, oh, they're going to elaborate more. Y- yes. Uh, thank you for the 33 Runs Village. I appreciate that for the uh, the resub on Twitch. Oh, yeah, One Zeus thing I wanted to... Village? We should yeah, say hi Zeus to our friends. Well. Yeah. Bun? Hello, y'all. Welcome to all the right. stream. We're trying to we're trying to be more like more casual. We're not, you know, mm-hmm. we're not all all business. This is very businesslike because I love this stat, this this spell though. Now, okay. Keep the next right. point: combat. So normally, familiars cannot assist you in combat unless you are a specific type of warlock, right? But look at this. Look at this. This is what I love. So of course, it shares your initiative count, takes its turn immediately after you. It obeys your commands. No action required by you. The familiar can't attack unless you use your reaction on its turn to command it to do so. I absolutely love that. I think that is amazing, and it adds some really cool stuff to familiars because, I don't know, I think it's fun you can use them in combat now. It's kind of a very different shift in what I think familiars were. So and, I, and I'm here for it. I, I know what you're saying, mm-hmm. but my issue is that it requires 
your reaction yes. to attack. Mm-hmm. There's already enough action economy going on and too many things to remember that you're forcing you to waste your reaction to make your familiar attack. I, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm not, I don't know if you can explain it to me mm-hmm. in a way that will turn me, but currently I, I don't like it. It makes you, you, it makes you make decisions with reactions because normally a spellcaster, what are they going to do with their reaction? Absorb elements, shield, counterspell. Gives them another little tool in the tool bag and that your familiar still acts like a familiar and does familiar things, but you can use your reaction if you want to have like a different, um, a different flavor of what your familiar does for you, like in battle specifically. And the reason why I like this is the familiar now looks like some of those summon spells in Tasha's where if you choose land, air, or water, they can get a climb speed, they can get a fly speed, they can get a swim speed. Their AC scales um, off your spell level now. That's insane. The AC, ca- it will it'll scale off of your spell level. Um, you get like different things burst, you know, based on what you choose. Um, but their melee attacks also scale off your spell level, which is great. I think that's fantastic. And I think it's cool to add that sort of versatility and that you can make whatever familiar you want. You have these options that it can get and these little things that it can do um, based on what type it is. I like that. I wish there were some more options, but as you already mentioned, the spell's kind of long anyway. Um, yeah. But I really do like that. And what's great is that it leads into like the next spell on the list is Fine Steed, which does, surprise, the same thing. Does the exact same thing. Um, and it, it specifically calls out that it is a controlled mount. If you want to read the mount rules, you can. That makes a difference. Um, but you can choose with your steed, whether it's Fey or Fiend or Celestial, and they get different little abilities for that. Like Celestial, Healing Touch. Your steed can touch another creature and heal it. Like, that's crazy. That's awesome. I don't know. You can live the, you can live the unicorn dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and your your steed has something called Life Bond, where if you regain hit points, uh, your steed will regain hit points too. That's cool. Um, I think the phase step, the phase steed is pretty rad. Because yeah. And they recharge on long rests. Yeah. Well, go ahead with you that. You can miss the step for 60 feet. With you on it, right? So mm-hmm. that's that's like uh, no one's getting away. Like you miss a step for sixty feet, and then your your steed speed just zooms through. Like if you're trying to run away or chase someone down, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You see the hit points of, this, of your steed um, increase based on spell level as well. The armor class increases based on spell level. It's great. I I love those changes, and I love these sort of Tasha esque um, little packages that they're putting them in. Oh, there, if you want to beef your familiar or beef your steed, you, you need to cast a spell at a higher level. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really interesting is if, if you want to play that type of player where your familiar or your steed is integral to you in combat, you can spend the resources and make them more valuable. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot to... to read and get into especially like determining the the terrain type like land gets 
you know, more AC yeah. and then water is amphibious and but it so it doesn't get the bonus. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of crunch going on when yeah. you're when you're summoning things. But I guess because you have to cast these spells multiple times, you can change it up for whatever the situation. Yeah, and I think with the problem with some of these UAs is they're just in a PDF document that those like those actual creature stat blocks are going to be in their own different color and they're going to be self-contained and they're going to have yeah. their own thing. And then more often than not, if I like casted it a whole bunch and I'd, I'd just, I'd make an image of just that stat block and keep it handy. Um, since I knew I didn't want all the necessary or necessary other like flavor and stuff in it. I just knew what my familiar was like. That's cool. I really like that. Uh, what else is there? Um, so this is another, a little bit of a teaser, of some other stuff, but some of the smite spells are very interesting. Um, which of course you can now use with any weapon or unarmed. That's huge. Uh, another thing is that it is a bonus action spell that you take immediately after you hit a creature. So you don't cast it with a bonus action and hold on to it. Uh, you just cast it after you hit something. Makes them a little more versatile. Yeah. Because uh, I know it always felt bad when I was a when I was a um an artificer and I'd try to do like searing smite and I'd cast it and I'd miss and I'm just like holding on to the spell like concentrating until I hit next time or something along those lines. Uh, I like this better because it's more in line with what a paladin smite is. And with these smite spells, I am assuming um that there are many other classes that might be able to get access to these than just a paladin. So I like yeah, that. I don't know what feat they have in mind. Um, but because these classes are kind of being grouped up now in categories. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, maybe you know, like clerics make it access to whatever, depending on the fact they have a, a new subclass or something. Yeah, they probably do because I know that a lot of the smites have the divine tag on them, um, which is interesting because that, that kind of leads warlocks out unless you specifically call into that. Um, I thought one, yeah. one was fun that I saw was the uh, there's one called Glimmering Smite, which is like a fairy fire almost, which is pretty cool. Yeah, you, you do two six radiant damage, and if they have invisible condition, the condition ends. In addition, you know they they glow like normal. So mm -hmm. uh, getting paladins fairy fires is super strong in my opinion. Yeah, but also clerics, not just paladins. That's true. It's divine. Not, it's divine. It's just it's a divine spell. Mm -hmm. So that could be any, any number of different classes or subclasses because I'm assuming that these sort of niche subclasses might get access to spells from other lists as they sort of cr like blur those lines between the different spell types. Make a lot of reference to multi-classing as well. So that's probably in that kind of what they're planning for when people decide to multi-class into a divine class or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. Here's a question from Zeus. So the smite spells are range self, but also concentration. Does that mean that after you hit and activate, then they can continue delivering damage on subsequent hits? It's not clear how to read them. I know the easy one is for banishing smite, right? Because it makes sense. You got to hold on to it. Um, blinding smite is not concentration. I don't believe. And, I'm, yeah, I'm like skimming through these. Thunderous smite is instantaneous. So I, mm -hmm. what I think they are trying to say is that Glimmering Smite, the effect of yes. basically Fairy Fire is a concentration smell, or spell. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, you can smell fairy fire. I don't know. <laughs> smells like uh, potpourri. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so you have to maintain that concentration to keep that effect on the target. So that's why it's a concentration. That's what I think they're trying to say. Yeah, because I noticed Glimmering Smite has that duration. Searing Smite has the duration because the sort of... of um, yeah, because subsequently you have to hold on to concentration to do the extra fire damage for Searing Smite. Uh, same thing for... I think those are the main two that I saw that have that. Yeah, because Blinding Smite, duration. Um, Banishing Smite, oh, it also just has a duration, but it has special rules in it. Yeah, and then Thunderous, Staggering, those are instantaneous. Uh, so yeah, so there's, there's just an effect that, unless you know or played enough D&D, I'm sure that's what they're inferring. Yeah, Staggering Smite doesn't have that concentration thing on it either. It's got the instantaneous as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super great that uh, you can hit first and decide to use, instead of a normal smite, you can use like these specialty smites. Mm -hmm. I think they're super cool. Those are the main things that I saw on like some of the new spells, other than like Spare the Dying, but that's because they changed the dying condition. Um, as well, which is kind of kind of weird, to be honest. Like the like nothing actually changes when you're stabilized, other than you have one HP, but you're still down until somebody heals you. It's it's kind of a weird like convoluted area. Like all the rules seem to me to be the exact same. They're just spelled out in bullet points. Um, uh -huh. but once you succeed you're in this like weird state of you have one hit point, you're still unconscious and you start a short rest and you remain unconscious until you regain any hit points or until another creature uses a, a medicine check. So really the only thing that changes is once you're stabilized, you just have one HP instead of zero HP. I'm wondering if that's something that will matter when more rules release. Yeah, like, does that mean you're free to act and you're no longer knocked out? You're you unconscious. You can start doing things? So you can't. No, but if you're being healed to one hit point from Spare the Dying. Yeah, let me look at Spare the Dying again, because I, I scrolled too far away. Oh, yeah, you're right. You touch a creature that is dying, uh -huh. that has the dying condition, the creature regains one hit point. So, I think hmm. that's... That's good, because normally you just stabilize someone and they don't heal. They're just they're just stabilized. So, okay. So now my question is the dying condition. If you give someone one HP, they're up, right? The only yeah. time they're in that pseudo state is if they get the three successes. So spare the dying is like you get up immediately with a cantrip. Yeah. So that's, that's freaking awesome. Interesting. That that would have been a game changer for um for campaign one because Ron had the uh spellcaster yeah. to learn so I can learn cleric spells uh, cantrip spells. Mm -hmm. uh, this saying spell the dying does restore you up. What the dying condition does that sucks is it makes rolling a twenty terrible because now they can't cast spare the dying on you to get you conscious. But if you roll a twenty, you're already. Oh, I see what you mean. 
Um, uh, I think let's... no, because rolling a 20 regains you to one hit point. It doesn't say you succeed. Rolling a 20 says you regain one hit point. Regain one hit point, yeah. So it's the and same then... as Fear of the Dying. The only time it has that weird middle state is if you have three successes. So rolling a 20 doesn't count as successes. It means you're up. So if we're... Yeah, so if we read this as three successes, on your third mm -hmm. success, you regain one hit point. The condition ends on you as normal, but you are still unconscious and start a short rest. You, you just immediately start a short rest Yeah. when you're in combat. Uh, you yeah. remain unconscious until you regain any hit points or until after a creature uses an action to administer first aid on you, which requires mm -hmm. a, a medicine check. So that there makes it really confusing right because on a yeah. third success you get one hit point but you're still unconscious but then yeah. spare the dying says they just get one hit point so the, is using the spell meaning they're up yes okay yeah so so the I'll, only time that. that you have one hit point but you're still unconscious is if you get three successes yeah so spare the dying one hp you're up uh rolling a nat 20 one hp you're still up three successes you're you're no longer dying. You have one HP. The only thing that's different is saying you have one HP. That's what makes yeah. it different. And I don't know why that change is important there. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Unless something else has to do with having zero HP, I have no idea why. But that's literally the only change that I can see in that, like, your stable quote. Um, yeah. But I guess that means, I guess that adds, actually, that adds more utility to a medicine check. It does. Because if, if someone is, I'm going to, I'm going to call it stable. It's not what it's called. It's just for me to, to, to <laughs> wander through this. If you're stable, if you have three successes, it says that you, you remain unconscious unless another creature uses an action to administer first aid. So if you are stable and someone does a medicine check on you then you can get up interesting yeah i mean that makes sense to me if you and mm -hmm. i agree it has to be right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah so spare the dying uh to your point spare the dying says you touch a creature that has the dying condition the creature yeah. regains one hit point so dying is a condition that's what all this talk about is. So it's it's kind of what you were saying anyway, that Spare the Dying only targets creatures with a dying condition. I see so, they still have the rule if you roll a one, it's it's a double neg. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I won't no, use that. Yeah. I won't use it. But it's interesting. It gives more utility to medicine checks. But But then you have to know when to... I wonder if medicine checks do something different now. I wonder, and I don't yes. know if they've covered this or not, I don't, and I haven't seen this because right now yes. it's saying your medicine check can make someone conscious if they're stable. What does a medicine check do now? Because a medicine check effectively did the same thing three successes do now, but I don't know if that's made it into a UA or not. Yeah. You know, it might have been wise to study the old stuff before we got to the new stuff, but... I've read it, but there's so much to digest and so there's many PDFs and so many things change. So that's, that's what I'm trying to focus on this PDF because things that I talk about in previous ones might yeah, be different. Don't, 
don't apply or changed. Yeah. Um, One thing that I like now are about rests, long and short rests, had some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I like it is it specifically talks about when rests are interrupted because people would use to try and cast a spell on hour seven and a half to get it for free and then get it to come back type of stuff. Yeah. So interrupting rests. If you roll initiative, your rest is over. <laughs> um, and it says if it, the rest is at least an hour long, you can have a short rest. But if you roll initiative, your rest is over. If you cast a spell other than a zero level, it's over. You're taking your damage, you're over. And if you do an hour of walking or other physical exertion, it's over. I I like that because you, you kind of avoid some of that cheese type stuff. Does it's it really? Explicit. Because they're like, oh, before we rest, I'm going to cast this, right? But not many spells last longer than eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, the trick was people would cast it on like seven hour, 59 minute before the rest <laughs> is over and then cast a spell and then get it back <laughs> for the next day. I've never played with anyone that does that, so that that's news to me. <laughs> I guess my yeah. circle's pretty pretty tight. Yeah, I've seen people try to do like, well, I'm going to cast Mage Armor at seven hour, 59, and mm, then get the spell yeah. slot immediately back so you have Mage Armor for free for the whole day. That kind of stuff. Can players choose not to roll initiative, or can a DM basically have monsters pretend to attack, roll initiative, then run away? After interrupting your rest. Can players choose not to roll initiative? I'm going to say no. Because your DM's the one who calls for you to roll initiative. It's something. Yeah. It's, it's a directive. It's not a do you want to or not. Um, could a DM have monsters pretend to attack. Roll initiative and then run away. So I would say if it were me. Now we're in DM land. I say roll initiative. You have your order. If the monsters want to run away. They can. But you all are still in initiative. And you can still fight them. Um, so I don't know that, that seems like a person problem more than anything, because that's something that you could technically do now if you like, if you wanted, but I don't know, but I do like that. There's explicit rules for interrupting rests. Well, let's take a look at the hide action since Zeus said, yeah, it's all, it's a little wonky now. I don't uh, mind it. I'm going to say, I don't mind it, but go ahead. Well, with with the hide action, you try to conceal yourself. Uh, to mm -hmm. do so stealthily, you must exceed a DC 15 uh, stealth check while you are wearing heavily obscured or behind three-quarters cover. And you must be at a visible enemy line of sight. If you see a creature, you can discern whether it can see you. On a successful check, you have the invisible condition. So I feel like I have to look up what invisible condition says. Yeah. Make note of your checks total with which becomes the DC for the creature to find you with a wisdom perception check. The condition ends uh, on you immediately after the following occurs. Uh, you make a sound louder than a whisper. An enemy finds mm -hmm. you, or blah, blah, blah. So all that stuff. So you make an attack roll or you cast a spell with a verbal component, which I love. No more, I try to whisper my spell. <laughs> uh, um, so invisible condition. While invisible, you experience the following effects. Concealed. You aren't affected by any effect that requires the target to be seen. Uh, and surprise, if you are invisible, 
when you roll initiative, you have advantage on the roll, which is super cool. Yeah, I like that. And then attacks affected. Attack rolls against you have disadvantage, and your attack rolls have advantage, which is cool. Mm -hmm. uh, if a creature can somehow see you with a magical or blind fight, or blind sight, rather, uh, you do not gain this benefit. I mean, that sounds pretty cool to me. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Puck? How you doing, dude? Oh, Puck? Good to see you. I like this. I feel like it tries to incorporate already existing rules, but what Zeus is saying is on a successful check, you have the invisible condition, make note of your check total, which becomes a DC for a creature to find you with a perception check. What does find mean versus invisible? So what I would say, let's take a look at some of the rules here. You have the invisible condition. So it says the condition ends on you immediately after an enemy finds you. And it says that you can be found with a perception check with the DC that was set when you tried to hide. I don't think it has to matter. I, I think that you don't have to look at invisible to deal to, to resolve those two things because it's all in hide is you were invisible unless these things happened. They find you and it lays out that they can find you with a perception check based on what you roll as the DC. I don't think it has any bearing on on invisible at all, because if they find you, you're no longer hidden, meaning you're no longer get that the advantages of being invisible. What I do like is that it specifically calls out hiding that you have to be heavily obscured or behind three quarters cover or total cover. So no longer I try to hide in the middle of the room kind yeah. of stuff, right? <laughs> Unless there's hide and played sight ability or something. Yeah, if there's special abilities and stuff like that. Uh, but no, I, I do like that. I don't mind that one. I, I think instead of looking in eight different places, you look in two places. It's a, it's a, it's a net gain for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's an, an enemy finds you in the middle of the hide. So I see where you were going because invisible doesn't care about the find, but the hide does. So I yeah. think that's an improvement. Uh, you still have to know what heavily obscured three quarters cover or total cover are, but that, those are different parts of the game anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't mind this. I think this is that's a simplification and gives you explicit explicit ways to to sort of incorporate it in your game. I like that you have a, D, a straight DC when you're heavily obscured behind three quarters cover or total cover. So DC 15, ham hey, hiding. Right? But then people can try and find you based on your role. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, if you roll an ungodly stealth, then then good luck. But the question is, is if you roll an ungodly stealth, you can do one thing, and then you're back visible. Uh, so and me, then and then they have you have to go around a corner or behind a building or somewhere heavily obscured. Which at that point, your enemies are going to know what's happening and they're going to follow you. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me throw in a curveball here, because true sight. Uh, it says a creature with true sight has enhanced vision with a specific range. Within that range, the creature's vision pierces through the following, and invisibility is under there. Yeah. So if you have, if you are hiding and someone has true sight and you're not hiding by magical means, then yeah, true you're seeing still still find you. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I do see what you're saying though. Is you could you could 
walk past an entire army with your score. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I think that some of that plays into the fantasy. So first off, if you're rolling a 25 plus stealth roll, you probably might be able to do that, right? You know, you think cinematically of going through tents or, or whatever, trying to get out of the way. Um, I think that that, that kind of makes sense if you're rolling that high anyway. Yeah, I guess it I, depends I don't mind on it. the DM style as well. Like, if you're yeah. trying to sneak past an entire army, maybe the DC is going to be a lot higher, but because of the wording, your stealth check is the DC. But mm -hmm. does that mean the army gets bonuses because you're trying to sneak past an entire army? I don't know. That's, I, I say that's a DM flavor call right there. Also, I think skill checks, if you get a natural 20, then they, they automatically succeed. So I would roll 10,000 perception checks. <laughs> you know, if Frodo and Sam could hide through an army at the gates of Mordor and they rolled an incredible stealth, I say, why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but I think it simplifies it. But that is one caveat that might be an issue. Um, they changed equipping weapons as well. Um, when it comes to attacking, when you are equipping weapons, something that I just saw. So you may equip or unequip one weapon before or after each strike you make as part of this action. I think it's interesting and equipping weapon includes drawing it from a sheath, picking it up or retrieving it from a container. Picking it up is, it used to be a, a, I think dropping it was a free object interaction and picking it up was or something like that. I think they explicitly made it that way. I think it's more to help with new two weapon fighting, but it's just kind of a small change that I saw. Um, they also removed all the weird jump and movement weirdo rules and stuff, which were convoluted and were silly. Um, and then unarmed strike was, a, was the last one I want to talk about as far as like the kid, like the rules conditions and that kind yeah, of stuff. I was, I was just going to bring that up. So yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, so now you can make an arm strike. Anyone can make an arm strike. Mm -hmm. And then you can either choose to do damage, to grapple, or to shove. You get one of three options when, when you hit. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, damage is, you know, is damage. You, you're dealing damage. but Or you mm -hmm. can choose to do a grapple check, so then you have to do a strength or dex check saving throw. And, uh, and then you, you do the grapple. Um, or yeah, or you can use the shove action, but it's not, it's all rolled into it's like one category now. And what they changed in, in this specific PDF is grapple and shove are back to using, um, like your athletics, uh, and those sort of things. They used to be attack rolls. So like grapple now, um, they must succeed on a dex or strength saving throw or it has the grapple condition. And then the DC for it is uh, eight plus your strength mod plus your proficiency bonus. So yeah, not it, athletics. It's actually kind of weird. I, I didn't get yeah, that it, earlier. It's, it's now like a, it feels like maneuvers, a, a maneuvers, but like a spell attack. Yeah. DC, but for, for melee. Right. Cause you're not rolling athletics or um, acrobatics anymore. You're, you're, you're fighting against a save. Mm -hmm. 
You're saying the unarmed strike in the UA were never attack rolls? I'm pretty sure they were in a previous UA. I don't want to go back and read previous UAs as I'll confuse the hell out of myself. And I'm pretty sure in the it was either the expert or the one before that you had an attack roll to grapple or something along those lines. I think it was in one of the their little change blog here they added before that section. No, 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 no not PHP. Yeah, so, so grappled. Yeah, what it says: an unarmed strike is a melee attack that involves you using your body to damage, grapple, or shove a target within five feet of you. Whenever you use your unarmed strike, choose one of the following options for its effects. So that phrase alone, it says it's an attack action. And once you hit, you can determine if you want to do damage, uh, grapple, yeah. or, or shove. I, I read the change log, and it says unarmed strike, so grappling and shoving are no longer delivered by an attack roll anymore. So they changed those rules. Okay. So the damage one is the attack roll, grapple, and shove have different rules. Which is which is fine, I guess. It still is weird that you that it doesn't incorporate your athletics or anything. It's like a saving throw now. But I digress. Those are all like the main rules things that I saw that the small changes. I wanted to like highlight some of the the familiar in this in the steed stuff though, because that was really cool. Um I don't know. You, you, think, you think we're done now? We was talking about everything in the whole UA, right? That was, that's it. That's whole UA. No, we we still have. <laughs> we still. So chat is asking. We talk about druids. Let's okay. Let's, okay. Let's move on to druids. We got to make sure we have enough time to talk about paladins, let's do it. unless unless we just save that for next time. But uh, I'm here I for mean, it. Well, let me. Since you're you're very excited, Max. What? Yes. You why don't you go first because. <laughs> Uh, I like the direction they're going for Wild Shape. I am the other camp. I like the direction they're going for Wild Shape. I don't think they hit the mark in this UA, but I like what they're trying to do. I I like that they're giving people... Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off, but I I agree with what you're saying, (laughs) and I I know what they're trying to attempt, but I'm, I'm in the not happy camp. I like what they're trying to do. They're leaning on some of those like Tasha's summoning stat blocks. But for Wild Shape, there's not enough. Like Animal of the Land, Animal of the Sea, Animal of the Sky. This, those aren't enough diversity uh, for what is coming across here. So the main thing is you you lose a lot of the utility that some of this, some of the Wild Shapes gave you. Right. Like if I want to be sneaky, I want to do these things. Or if I wanted to be a wolf to get like pack tactics, all this other stuff. I don't get that. Uh, I don't get that. You just use your same hit points and like you have the same hit point pool. Like that's it. Right. You, yeah. you don't get knocked out of uh, you don't get extra hit points. Seems weird. Maybe there's some reasoning why that they're doing that. Um, I like that they changed wild shape uses to channel as a channel nature. And on nature. Uh, yes. That's cool because that opens up a lot of different possibilities for subclasses down the line. Um, I like that. The AC going off your wisdom modifier. Eh, I mean, m- most of the beasts didn't have a lot of AC, did they, that I can think of. Uh, they felt more like HP, like punching bags more yeah, than anything. You're, you're a, uh, you know, a damage sponge rather than 
being something tanky. Because like if you were a bear, you know, you didn't have it wasn't like crazy high XC. It was like fourteen, mm-hmm. I recall. But yeah, you have a, a yeah, like ton 60, of hit points. Which is something, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's how to fix this. And I think, and you you all might roll your eyes because I say it all the fucking time. But here's how I would fix this. You've got your different wild shapes and your different forms. You have a system that everyone loves to use that was only used in one place. Do an invocation type system for your wild shape. At different levels, you can pick cool stuff to 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 trade in and out for your wild shape. So you can have your you can have your wild shape power fantasy owlbear dreams, right? Let people pick the cool things they want to pick, but put a system in place to do it. Now, the bad oh. thing okay, is that continue. oh yeah, the bad thing is that it'd be weird because you can't you you pick once and that's what you get. But well, maybe not in the new system, right? In UA, because you can now prepare your spells all the time. Yeah, but maybe like the cool thing, Drews get wild shape level one. Like they don't have to wait. You mm-hmm. get it off the bat, right? Uh, the bad thing, or well, the second cool thing for flavor-wise, you can make your beast look whatever the hell you want. Like, yes. if you want to be an owlbear, you can be an owlbear, but you're just not going to get all the, the cool... I mean, let's be honest, they weren't that much different than regular bears in 5th edition. So <laughs> yep, we talked about that like last bear, time. You can look like an owlbear, but to me, you lose a lot of that flavor. Yeah. Right? You lose pack tactics, you lose uh like whatever has like tremor sense and you 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 lose those like art not arbitrary but you lose those special perks of being a specific animal i understand mm-hmm. the reasoning for wanting to kind of homogenize and make it easier on on the user end for those because for i don't in the video they they claimed that druids were the least played class according to their data i have no idea where they got that data from if they're sorely <laughs> Sourcing that data from beyond D&D because in every, not every, I would say 92% of the campaigns I played, there was always a druid. So I, I felt like maybe, I'm not sure where they're getting the data. Um, but yeah. it, it upsets me because I love playing druid, specifically mm-hmm. moon druids. Um, and you just, you lose a lot of the, the utility and the flavor for not being able to pick a specific animal. But I understand why they want to. They want to make it yeah. easier on the user side. Um, in and invocations, but wild nah, shape I'm on, flavor. I'm on. I'm like, on board. Village is on board. I'm on board. I yeah. think they should do an invocation system for for wild shape. Yeah, I think that would be great. And then you can you can pick and choose. You can swap in and out all those things, so it can be as crunchy as you want to make it, or you can pick the same thing once, and that's what you have forever. I think that'd be a really good compromise. That I I don't think they're gonna do. I don't think they're gonna do it. I'm gonna flat out and say it. They're not gonna do it. If they do, I'll be very surprised and I'll be very happy. Um, but I keep saying the invocations thinks it's a great system that they used once. But that's yeah. There's more problems, by the way. There's more problems like in 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 this like you use the same constitution as your normal your normal score. Your strength and dex turn yeah. into your wisdom score. Uh, that's okay. Starting out, you're probably gonna have a 16 in your wisdom. I would assume. Um, it's only going to go up from there, I guess. Well, yeah, because um, depending on your animal type, like if you're land, sea, or sky, you, your stat block changes, right? The only one that matters for strength index is land. Yeah, that's true. And then, and then I don't understand why 
Khan is not buffed. Yeah. Land. Yeah. And then for for C and Sky, they're basically the same thing. You only your dex is equal to your wisdom modifier. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know why strength is use your score on Animal of the Sea because I don't think a shark should be using dexterity. <laughs> yeah, right? So that <laughs> that stuff doesn't make sense. Um and then I mean you get flyby attack with air, which is kind of cool. You don't attack with yeah. opportunities. Um, but everything else, you ba- all you get is multi attack, which is two attacks, which is yeah, which is nothing special. Yep. Yeah, the only one than- that gets multi attack is Animal of the Land. Uh, oh, I guess you know you're right. Animal of the Sea oh, they, does. Oh, they all do. Never mind. They all do. Yeah, because they're, they're in different they are, places. They're, they're, they they tiratives. They go up. So like you get land first, then you get and then air or whatever yeah yeah yeah. i was looking the multi-attack um, is first on the other ones because you're already at the level that you can get it but it's second on the other on the land yeah and then they just give everything dark vision and with yeah. land is 60 feet sea has 90 sky has 120 feet um what's weird is the animal of the sky the fly speeds only 40 feet that's very strange to me yeah and then the descriptive <laughs> there's a weird description in wild shape because uh, you can be up to you can do small, medium, or or large, but you can mm-hmm. be a tiny elephant if you wanted to. Sure, why not? Well, sure, that's funny, but like that doesn't really do anything. Um, yeah, it's just flavoring. I'm not a fan of the uh, subclass that they changed for the Circle of the Moon. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel strong. Or yeah, it's like yeah. why why play a moon druid when you could just play a fighter? So let's go through more druid stuff, and then we can talk about moon druid after that. Okay, I get that you want to put aquatic form and flying form on different levels, right? Um, one thing I want to say it's a plus is there's no more flavor text that becomes canon that druids won't wear metal armor. I didn't see that anywhere, which I think is a dumb line to include in the PHB. Because there are some DMs out there that die on that hill, which means you have to find armor not made of metal. It's silly. Um, one thing that I did like was their second level feature of Nature's Aid. That seems cool. Um, healing Companion, or sorry, the Healing Blossoms. Um, those are really awesome. It, it allows you as a magic action, which is basically taking your action to do the magic. You choose a point within 30 feet of yourself. Um, and then in a 10 foot radius sphere around that, um, you roll a number of D fours equal to your wisdom modifier. And then you distribute the number of hit points, um, to people that are inside that and that sphere. That's super cool. Some really nice healing utility. That's just part, it's just a class feature. Um, and that uh, uses like, your channel nature, by the way, yes, which you so only get two use, of. Yeah. At first, at, start, at first. Right. And then you recover one on a short rest, which I disagree with. I think you should get both channels back, like previous in current edition. They mm-hmm. should get both back because if they're forcing you, like not everyone's gonna be moon druid, right? So not everyone's gonna wild shape, but they're they're giving you three things, but only two points at first. But you can only regain one of them on a short rest. But you get both on a long rest. I I don't I don't mind that to be honest. I would I would like for adventurers to have more uses to take short rests. Um, even though it's not all of them, I, I don't know. I'm indifferent <laughs> about that one because I haven't played as much Druid as you. The Wild Companion's cool. 
Um, well, let's go back to Healing Blossom real quick before we jump to Wild. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Um, so that seems powerful early level. Yeah. But there is no mention of scaling. Uh, it's true. And if you go through the whole UA for the Druid, there's a, a like a, a there's not it's like a high level level 15 or something that you get during a wild shape you get a free use of healing blossom but at level 15 44 ain't gonna mean shit like it scales the, off of your wisdom modifier is what it scales off of yeah so so 44 or 5d4 yeah unless depending. you're like a low wisdom druid yeah so at level 15 44 like one to five d four is not very strong. So I'm curious why there's no mention of level scaling for these abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my comment. I wonder if the scaling isn't necessarily in the level. It's just because it's it scales with your channel nature, and that you can do it more times. I I guess, but it's still mm-hmm. an action, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. So five D four maximum of twenty is not going to do a whole lot if you're level fifteen. It kind of goes and back to the potions or crap thing that we had that we yeah. talked about in, yeah. in our campaign. <laughs> not to mention that you distribute those points to people inside the circle. They don't yeah. all get it. It's it's you count them down. You have, to, you have to pick. So if everyone's low, then everyone's getting like ten hit points maybe, which is mm-hmm. they're they're bleeding hit points at that point. Yeah, it's more effective to use a a cast a healing spell rather than use this little healing blossoms a, a magic action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Zeus, and that scaling it off a proficiency bonus seems good. Um, I know that a lot of these a lot of changes were made that I'll talk about later. That they changed it from proficiency bonus to um, like level of the class, so you can't do a one level dip into something to get it to scale up with you. But I think in this case, I mean, maybe scaling it off of the level like they did with channel nature and and channel divinity or what they changed that to, Mm -hmm. um, would be good. That might be something that needs to be changed. Yeah. I I agree with what you said. It's, it feels very min maxi. Mm -hmm. You're forced. I mean, of course you want to do well as your class with their primary stat, but it's, it's forcing you to make sure, that is the highest stat possible you can get. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I like the direction they're going with some of these things. They need a little bit of tweaking for sure. I I like Wild Companion. Um, with the fine familiar changes. Yeah, I uh, I like it too. You kind of you kind of bring back that druid, like that old school druid where they had a you know a familiar animal companion. Yeah. You're locked into Fey, though, as you're familiar, is the kicker on that yeah. one, which I think makes sense. That's okay. I mean, there could be flavor reason why they can, you know, they want it to be something else if, like, the DM's cool with it, but... Or different subclasses. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, you got you get a pet again, and then with the changes to find familiar, it, it can combat. It could do things. Mm-hmm. Use your reaction and do it. Um... What else here? Let's talk about the eleventh, the eleventh level feature of Tiny Critter. <laughs> I am very. I got words. Okay, I'll read it. You gain the ability to become a tiny creature. When you transform into a wild shaped form, you can make it tiny. 
If you do so, you can stay in that form no longer than 10 minutes, and the damage you deal in that form is halved. 10 minutes? Kidding me? No. The funnest <laughs> things in D&D is being a tiny creature and doing cool shit, and you can only do it for 10 minutes. That's just, that's baloney. Yeah, I think they swung the pendulum in the wrong direction here because I, I, it's interesting they added the damage you deal as halved, which, okay. But yeah, if you're that doesn't, yeah. If you're a tiny creature, your your whole thing is you you don't... You're not combat. You're not there to do damage, right? Yeah. Um, the 10 minutes thing seems like silly, right? Yeah, it's... Well, I they changed... The form duration now, right? It's the hours of yeah. wild shaping, correct? It's before, you know, I don't even know what it was before. To be honest, it was <laughs> long enough for you not to care about. But you can, you can stay in your form for the number of hours equal to half your druid level. Mm-hmm. So if you're level two, you can only you can only wild shape for an hour. But mm-hmm. like, tiny has no bearing with that. It's just like it's just ten minutes, and it's. The stupidest thing ever. I think they missed the mark on why people want to be tiny creatures. I don't care if my tiny creature has multi-attack or not. I don't care if my tiny creature does damage. Yes. I almost feel like that instead of they they should rethink of a different 11th level feature. And and this makes it so much crunchier. Right. But take that channel nature. Take your nature's aid and add a third thing about being a tiny creature for scouting purposes. Now, I've seen some people say that, well, Wild Companion covers what you want to do for a tiny creature anyway. Yeah, it does, but people want to be that tiny creature. They don't want their other creature to be their tiny creature that goes out and does things for them. I think that's an excellent candidate of adding another bullet point to Nature's Aid or whatever it's at second level and saying, hey, you can be this tiny thing. Maybe it has its own stat block that doesn't let you attack and it gives you stealth or something, you know, I don't know. That might be really crunchy, but I, I don't think this 11th level feature is it. That's terrible. Nope. That's awful. Why? Why? For a, yeah, especially for an 11th level feature. That, that's high. That's your that's high level. And you're only tiny for 10 minutes, which does yeah. nothing for combat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 10 minutes is a long time in combat, but why do you want to be a tiny creature in combat? Yeah, you're using it for... You know, stealth missions, or if yeah. you're gonna pretend to be a little bird while this conversation is going, and then you turn into a big old bear when shit goes down. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just silly. I would just ignore the ten minutes. You can do it for the half of your druid level duration. Yeah, the village is saying it. it goes back to their martial versus caster. I'm sure they got enough rogues going. Why can't a druid stealth better than me as a tiny beetle? <laughs> Yeah, I like I I get like rogues definitely should be expert classes and they have all the skills to do things, but they should not be the de facto. I'm the best at stealth all day, every day, all the time, because obviously you have things like wizards that can go invisible and now rogues become invisible. So they're with wizards, wizards there. Let the druids do something with that. Right. Yeah. Give them give There's, them a stealth form. I don't know what a tiny form. Do something different with that. Yeah, you can, you can make a fighter with high decks and focus all your points and take expertise feet and stealth if you want. Yeah. So. Though the level 13th one, uh, I think is freaking awesome. The 13th? Yeah, the alternating it. forms. Uh, you can now rapidly shift between wild shape form and your normal form 
And if you're in wild shape form, you can switch to your normal form as a bonus action, and you can then switch back into that wild shape form within the next minute. And that does, and that bonus act as a bonus action, neither switching expenses a use of wild shape. So I think that's super awesome. Like you could switch out of wild mm-hmm. shape combat form, cast whatever spell you need, if it's a concentration or if you need to heal, and then uh, on your next turn, as a bonus action, you can swap right back and, and get back into action. So I think that's that is super, super cool. cool. Super cool. I agree with you on that on that point, giving a little bit more utility of uh, of if you switch out, you're done. Yeah. Um, that might mitigate some of the issue you were having with you only get one back on a short rest because now if you switch out, you don't just lose it. Yeah. You still have the full That's- duration. I'll also point out, you can now talk in wild shape. <laughs> you can. You can now speak when you were in wild shape. And I think that that's cool and hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll leave that up to the player. It'd be cool. Yeah. You're talking bear, which is awesome. Or if you want to maintain or just making bear noises, that's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will also, um, there's one more thing I wanted to cover with that. Yeah, you can speak. Um, let's see, where was the other portion of this that I was looking at? Um, oh, that's for the subclass. So, yeah, I will I will rein that in. I was looking at a higher level feature though. Um, we can move on between alternating forms to. Uh, let's see. Level 15, Wild Resurgence, so you can use Healing Blossom as part of the same use of Channel Nature as you're using your Wild Shape. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was mentioning earlier. I like mm-hmm. Jump the Gun, but yeah, it's yeah. cool. You can use it as this as a little extra bonus, but again, if you're saying, you're, let's say you have 20 Wisdom, you know, you're only getting 5d4 healing at level 15, yeah. which is, I guess it's kind of I mean, it's a freebie, so I guess yeah, at least it's not, free. It's but... not that bad. It's a freebie, but again, cool flavor. That, <laughs> yeah, but again, that not really too many hit points. Seventeenth mm-hmm. level, you can cast spells in any wild shape form. You can perform somatic and verbal components, and you don't need to provide material components if they're free. If the spell consumes a material component, you can't cast it in wild shape form. That's crazy. That's, I mean, it's super high level, which makes yeah. sense, but just casting spells in your beast form, that's super cool. I like that. It's cool. I understand the if it needs material components, you can't do it, but that just makes more homework for, for the player. Yeah, if, it's, if it consumes the material component, you can't yeah. do it. But if, it's, if it just needs a material component that doesn't get consumed, then uh, you can do it, which is cool. Also leaves out the spells that require a component with with value on it too. Yeah, and then level eighteen, you're an archdruid. You're you're forever young. Yeah, yes. I, I like the flavor of like slowing down aging. I think it's cool to use for NPCs that are super high level, but it almost never comes yeah. up as a player. It's just interesting, unless you're in a specific campaign where it does come up. Yeah. Uh, and then they they've added an epic boon at twenty now, so. Mm-hmm. So when I first looked at this sheet and I saw that every four levels, except for you get one at 19 instead of 20, because at 20 you get the epic boon. Yeah. It said feet. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, we're going back. We're getting feats every increments of levels. And then I read into it as like or stats. I was like, oh god damn it. It's That's- because ability score improvement is now a feat. So everything's a feat. 
So they did it. You get feats every every time now. Booms. Good job. No, Except not, one of them is stats. That's not what I wanted. Damn you. Uh, yeah. So I, I got preemptively excited. So I was sad. Just give us give us yeah. more options, baby. To answer your question or your your statement to address that village, uh, Eric Hokers and Ghosts, aging is lethal if you have a short lifespan. That's one of the very few times that that it does matter, that aging might matter. I agree with you there. Other than that, but this is at level 18, so and monks get their super high level too. Like, who cares? Like, if you're level 18, a ghost doesn't mean shit to you anyway. So <laughs> that's true. You're in ghost. Um, yeah, son. other than that, it doesn't matter. Cool flavor though. I'm not I'm not trying to dig on it. I think it's cool, but it almost never comes up unless your DM wants it to come up, I feel like. You want to get into the moon druid now? The circle yeah. of the moon? Let's do it. It's the uh, it's very useless. Okay. There's some things I like. Third there are some things I like, but then combat yeah. wild shape. When you're that in wild is, shape form, yeah. yeah. You can cast any spell you currently have prepared from the abjuration school. Provided the spell doesn't have a material component. Now I want to make a point here because I'm going to go look at all the abjuration spells that are on the primal spell list, right? Yep. Um, so I'm going to skip cantrips there. Abjuration. Cure wounds. Interesting. Yep. Uh, healing word. Uh, let's see here. Lesser restoration. Pass without trace. Trace? <laughs> Protection from poison. <laughs> Uh, dispel magic. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Mass healing word. Non-detection. Protection from energy. And freedom of movement. And you can get higher level, higher level stuff. Yeah. Um, interesting. Which is super cool. I that That is amazing. That was like the first thing I read. I was like, oh man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Some other things that aren't abjuration that would be cool, but that in itself is cool. Um, now do you get all these benefits? Like, you also get quick attack, which you know you can use yes. on armor strike as a bonus action, and then you get you, swift transformation, which was like the normal thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can use an armor an arm strike as a bonus action, which on arm strike, um, we talked about that earlier of grappling, shoving, or and it still scales off a of strength too. Yeah. So I hope your wild shape isn't based off of dexterity for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So you better be a landform. Otherwise you're pooped out of luck. Um that um, is cool though, that it's just it's an unarmed strike as a bonus action. I'm gonna look here and see though. Um oh, actually it doesn't matter because when you're in wild shape, your your spell attack modifier is what you use to hit. And it just matters with your damage. So yeah, if you're, it, it's mm. it's still unarmed though. Like <laughs> your strength and dex are going to be equal anyway because it's your wisdom score. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. It just scales off that. Uh, elemental wild shape, cool idea, but there's no extra damage, which I was hoping for. Like you can, you're. Your physical damage is now converted into an elemental damage type of your choice, minus acid. Uh, so it's just oh no, it is acid. There you go, acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. So yeah. I mean, it's cool if you're fighting things that are vulnerable to a certain elemental type. But other than that, I don't. 
It doesn't seem that good to me. Yeah, you don't get the extra damage, but you gain resistance to that, and your strike can deal, deal that damage instead of its normal type. So that's filling the gap of, which a lot of other subclasses do at 6th level, is making your strikes magical. So if you don't use magic weapons, that you can still keep up with everyone else. So I get why there, um, and I don't necessarily think they needed a damage boost there anyway, because the level before you're getting multi-attack uh, as well. I see what they're doing. I don't, That's I don't true. mind it. They're giving you resistances, which helps with survivability, which is going to be an issue anyway uh, in Wild Shape now. And then changing the damage type um, will kind of help ensure that those creatures that will take half damage or resist, you know, the normal damage types won't have that issue. So I get it. It's in line with a lot of other six level things, specifically like when I played an artificer um, that had its companion, the same thing it got at level six. So it, it seems power level to match some of those things. Uh, yeah, then at level seven, level seven, 10, level seven, <laughs> level, now seven. level 10, uh, level 10, you do get the elemental strength. So you do get that. Bonus yeah. damage. Um, so so it gives you an extra then, D6 and scales and it up. Does, it does scale, which is like the only thing on the Druid currently in the UA that scales, which is weird to me. Yeah, based on level, yeah. Interesting. And then level 14, you get 1,000 forms, so you, you just have Alter Self all day, every that's day. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's you, you can... You always have Alter Self prepared, and you can cast it without expending your spell slot. And it doesn't count against the number of spells you have prepared. So it's just forever and, all, and always. So that's kind of cool. I mean, it's high level at level 14, but um, it's, it's nice. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind what they did there. Uh, because there's some cool stuff in the beginning that people are overlooking with like the abjuration spells. And the yeah. quick attack, which means that at third level, you are doing an unarmed strike. So you are adding your one plus your wisdom modifier to your damage and then once you get fifth level you have multi-attack and then another one too so you're doing three attacks uh, at that point um which isn't bad that's no, pretty solid for level three yeah I, I see what you mean though with the elemental stuff is i get it mechanically but it doesn't feel like a lot it doesn't feel like a, you're getting a lot for being this subclass yeah, because they removed in current edition, 5th edition, the elemental form, which mm -hmm. is a super wild shape. Yeah. And then, like, you could technically be all these things depending on what terrain type you pick and what elemental type you get, but you lose, like, the special abilities that those specific elementals gave you. Yeah, and, that, like and that's going to go back to Earth, my... Yeah. Add the invocations, and just like, just like warlocks, you can say this invocation is you have to be a moon, you know, circle of the moon druid to use this invocation. It'll just slot right in there. It's the puzzle piece you're looking for. Uh, but yeah, that's the the. I agree with what Zeus is saying. Is oh, you're right. The Zeus. is the main thing is. You don't get that extra stack of it, of hit points that you once did in Wild Shape, and I, I don't like that. I don't know. I don't know what their reasoning was. 
Um, because at this point, if your AC scales off your wisdom, which is the max you're going to be able to get in any form is 15 and your hit points scale off of what you have, it's just your normal hit points. Why would I go in melee? I'm a full caster. I'm going to, why would you not sit back and just blast them? Right? (laughs) Why would you? Yeah, it's the moon druid seems really weak. I think I understand they wanted to get rid of the HP soak because druids are like, oh, I'm just going to turn into thing with the most hit points ever. And if I go down, I'm just going to turn into it again and then have like three different pools of hit points. I understand. I totally understand why they want to get rid of that. But now moon, temp HP or something that scales. Yeah. Moon druids seem very, very squished now. Yeah. Mm hmm. Which is like the opposite of what you want from a moon druid. Yeah, I I don't I don't like that. You, you, if if your idea is like let them pick their own animal they get to turn into and have that power fantasy of I'm a I'm owlbear now, but look I still have like thirty hit points. That doesn't make sense yeah. to me. It's not very. <laughs> I would I would never go into melee like that because I, why would you? But yeah, the, it, it, I like the direction they they could turn this around and go a really cool direction. I just I just don't. No, if they will. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's the power of the community, right? Because they yeah. are looking for feedback. So it's it is extremely important that people play test these new, you know, UAs and provide the feedback that they so desperately need. Because if, um, yeah, because if we're yeah, it's cool if we you know chat about it and and poke holes and whatever and uh, on this you know podcast or whatever and and talk with chat. But it's very important to feedback is king so if if you want to make a difference you gotta let them know that's all i gotta say yeah and i'm glad you said that in a couple weeks when this survey opens up everyone who's pissed off you better be filling out a survey because that's the only thing they're looking at for changes in these things correct only thing they're looking at and trust me i you know i worked on early access game and feedback was king like without that feedback then you know our game wouldn't be where it is today so do it um, Nate Meerkat, you've got a question. Kind of off topic. That's okay. We're being informed. Oh, yeah, we don't have enough time to go over the Paladin, so we can we can oh, just. Oh no! Yeah, we talked basically about the new stuff and then and just went to town on Druids. Oh, I want I want to talk about it. I know. Me too. I, I do want to. We can save it um, for next week. The spell darkness says you can make an object or area the center of the effect. Would you say that if you cast the darkness on the arrow? And then shot the enemy. Would you say the darkness still works? Absolutely. Of course, you'd have to have someone else cast darkness on the arrow, and then you shoot it because they're both actions, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. But then you're shooting at a disadvantage because you're inside the darkness, unless you have a magical means to see through darkness. Yes. Or you could have someone hold their action to cast darkness on the arrow as you fire it. Which is <laughs> what I would do. Can, can you do that? <laughs> you can hold your action to cast a spell. Right as the arrow is being fired. You can make the trigger whatever you want. Cool. Is darkness? Is it? Uh, is it touch? Hold on, we're gonna see it. I don't think it's, or can it be touch? We'll see it. Hold on, now I'm curious. Uh, it is a range, an area. Easy. I'm gonna like, hey, hey, bro! I'm gonna fire this arrow. When it goes off, you cast that darkness spell. Cool. 
and I would have the caster hold their action until the arrow was fired. And then I would have them cast it as the arrow is flying through the middle of the air, as long as it's within 60 feet and then make it all badass, and the arrow hits them, and then they're shrouded in darkness. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, Amazing. If you point, if the point you choose is on an object you are holding, or one that isn't being worn or carried, the darkness emanates mm. from that object and moves with it. Oh, if it's not it. worn. Yeah, so yeah, you can do that. Yeah, so totally doable. Cool, I cool have baby. so many notes on Paladin, but I mean, we're like an hour and a half in on our supposedly hour and a half hour hour and a, hour and a half ish show that's okay that just just gives us more time to like fully deep dive the paladin mm-hmm. i i mean i'm gonna be a paladin fanboy so there's some things there's, that i really like there are some very cool things yes That's but yeah my, my top two my top two classes are paladins and paladins and druids um, oh so this was your ua they did this for this you this is my ua it is <laughs> they did this all for you so with that being said we're gonna have to wait until next week to talk about paladins and then answer some more questions uh, we may have another topic as well because i don't know if paladins will cover all that yeah. amount so that just gives a great opportunity for people who are listening people who are watching now or who's going to watch mm-hmm. this later join the casters and cantrips discord discord discord.gg slash casters and cantrips or go to casters and and leave your questions uh in the in the server or in the comments of this video and we'll, we'll bring them up next week yep right there in the chat or in the description if you are watching or listening at a later point and uh oh man i'm so excited to talk about paladins we don't have time i know i have, I have dozens of notes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, hope you all enjoyed that. I I I don't think the sky is falling when it comes to druids, but I think that they have some room to improve. And if any of you want to slip something in someone's ear, actually, when all of us fill out the survey, then that comes out in a couple of weeks, you should say, "Hey, we should get choices for wild shapes like like warlocks for invocations." Everybody yeah. say that. Everyone Everybody do it. Everybody say that because it'd be amazing. It. I'm on board. <laughs> it sounds super cool because they they I feel like they really. Uh, I don't know if homogenize is the right word with wild shape, but it is very lackluster and we need, yeah. a, we need a bit, we need to boost it. Yeah. Agreed. End it. Yep. The new thing I learned. I will say that I am glad we talked about the other things first, because I, I just agree. like we, just like we thought <laughs> Drew had dominated the conversation, <laughs> but there are some cool things in there. And, uh, yeah, don't worry, Nate. Uh, we're talking about paladins next week and then questions that everyone has in chat or in the mm-hmm. description or if you want to post it in Discord or, or tag us on Twitter. Yeah, do all the things and Just we will respond. .com. It's, it's amazing. I need to record that. That'll <laughs> happen every time someone loads the page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, man, it's going to be good. I, I, uh, they can turn it around. I, yeah, I feel I'm hopeful. It. Feedback is king. Remember that, everybody. If if you're just pooping on it and you're not gonna send feedback, then then you're you're pooping alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And nobody likes poop alone. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> nobody likes poop alone. <laughs> oh man all right anyway thanks so much for listening if you're unaware this is a weekly show that we'll be doing on mondays here at the 6 p.m pacific time 
Um, I hope you all enjoyed this. And then I will say, mark it on your calendars, Friday, 6 p.m., our next one shot, Castles and Cantrips, Hot Gnome Summer, DN yeah. by me, with a lot of really cool people. Uh, if you didn't see the announcement, uh, and I'm going to talk about it because I can, and it's our show, and we can do what we want. <laughs> but yeah, Hot Gnome Summer with the DM as me. We've got Mac and Cheese is playing a character there. We've got Jesus Crow who's playing a character who's also featured in Mac and Cheese's YouTube videos along with me sometimes. We've got Becca Godsey who has her own streaming channel who was also on D20 Deathmatch if you haven't seen that before. Um, we also have Keston Howard uh, as well as Corrine Sudberg who are both voice actors, uh, amazing voice actors as well. So a lot of cool people. It's going to be a great cast. And uh, I hope you all will enjoy what I have prepared for this Friday because I think it'll be cool. But anyway, yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. uh, And we will see you next time. See you Friday. Bye, everybody.